Hey, chaps. Had a really great uh, time yesterday chatting about uh, institutions and really getting getting deep into that. And, and I've been thinking a lot on it. Uh, and just some messages with some chaps. I really want to uh, dive into this thing of the NPC as the as the dro drone droid and and the institution as the control center, the command center of culture. Culture is simply the expectations, the operating signal, the operating system of the institutions in power, of the pump that is pumping the crap into your basement or the operating system into uh, the drones, the droids. I want to differentiate between a clown and a normie. A clown <laughs> is someone who dresses up to subvert an institution and control it and then weaponize it to pump crap into normies, to, to control the normies to their agenda, all right? And us as kings, so a clown is a left, a left side, a, a, an anti-God subverter of institutions. A king is God's builder, uh, God's steward of institutions. And caught in the middle are all the NPCs, the, the non-player characters, the people who do not operate outside of an institution's culture, an institution's operating system. So what I mean by this is that a king or a clown sets the operating system hierarchy of their institution. You know, we all understand church. We all understand business. In a church, the pastor sets the frame, sets the operating system, sets the culture that all the normies, you know, 80%, 80, probably like 80% of the people in the church are going to be normies, NPCs. Just tell me what to do and tell me what to say. Tell me how to think. Then you're going to have 10% kings, 10% clowns. Who are, the kings are pushing things further right and the clowns are trying to push things further left. In probably every organization. And the, the, the job of the pastor is to set... The role of a pastor is to say, hey, guys, here's what we believe. Here's our vision. Here's our mission. Here's our goals. Here's our values. The things that make us angry, the things that make us happy. Here's the things we're going to punish. Here's the things we're going to reward. Here's the, the, the positive vision, the demonstration that we want to do. You know, they'll have a testimony time and someone will come up and be like, yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, I just want to thank uh, so-and-so because, you know, I had a, my car broke down. I just want to thank so -so for my uh, battery and, you know, I just really want to thank them for their charity and generosity. I was like, oh, that's wonderful. And you're celebrating a action on behalf of your people. And so now everyone's think now everyone sees that positive vision that, okay, if I want to be celebrated in this group, I need to do things like that, that are being celebrated. So in businesses, they'll have sales uh, awards, right? where they get all the salesmen together in a room and they're like, yes, this guy just bloody crashed and give him a little award and, and a pat on the back. And, and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. And like, uh, this guy is the positive vision for the company. He sold 500,000 units or, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, okay, in order to get honor in this hierarchy, that is what I do. That's the positive vision. And so in that way, businesses, schools, right? Schools, it's this whole thing of, of, at least in the South African, you know, the British military school template, 
this is this is the the way you behave and if you don't punishment and if you do reward and so it's very clear what the culture starts becoming and everyone gravitates to the culture a new headmaster comes in who's a bit lax who ignores a few things well guess what starts to happen the culture starts to change or a new headmaster comes in and he's like guys we're just gonna get crazy like we're gonna we're gonna be the best school in this region. We're going to have the best everything. We're upping the standards. We're punishing harder. We're rewarding harder. We're going hard. And like the whole energy of the school changes. You know, some of the, the clown teachers, the 10% of clown teachers are like, and, uh, and like the 10% king teachers are like, finally flippingly, we've got our guy, you know, and it's like, let's go hard. And so that, that is the, the institutional power over the normie is the operating system. So here's the problem that, that we were really talking about yesterday. The problem comes in when we don't understand institutional power. We only understand we've been so memed, oh, Jordan Peterson, to have reason. And, you know, you reason with that clown. Two things are going to happen. You go reason with the NPC. They don't know how to reason. You are not powerful enough to protect them. The last gubernatorial election back in Kentucky, 2018, Matt Bevan, he was this based, uh, just absolute Chad going hard. He made a fatal teachers instead of attacking the union. So he attacked the NPCs, right? These poor, harmless, victimized teachers, because obviously the, the teachers unions, which is the, 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 the clowns in charge of the institution, we're pushing hard to to bankrupt the state to to pay for for teachers salaries. So so all the teachers are under the the power of this institution, the teachers union. What happens if you step out from the teachers union? Get you get you get rejected from promotions. You get rejected reject. You know it's like it's protection money, right? It's the whole mafia thing of like you wouldn't want your you wouldn't want to. Uh, you wouldn't want to uh, pay up your juice. Come on. And it's this thing of like they understand power. So it's like, well, just got to do what the union's got to do because if I don't, I get punished. And so what Bevan missed out on is he started attacking the teachers, right? So the teachers felt personally attacked and the clowns are masters at institutional mimetic warfare. And they're like, look at this douche governor just – he hates teachers and teachers are the backbone of society. They just love our children. How can anyone treat them so badly? We, the union, love our teachers. We love the teachers. And so he made a, a, a fatal in attacking the NPCs. He should have gone hard after the union. And then, so number one, you attack the institution. You attack the clowns. Who who are the guys in charge of the union? Who's the council of five? Who's the chairman? Who's the? That's the individual you can go after, not the NPC. You never go after the NPC. You you don't go after the droid, the drone. You go after the command center, which is the institution. You go after the generals, which are the clowns, right? And so so he should have gone hard after the union. And again, meme game. Unions destroy children. Unions make it that the worst teachers go to the top. Union, and you just hammer the unions while protecting the teachers, even though the teachers are against you because positionally they have to be. You meme them of like, I am your new protector. I am your captain now. I am protecting you and stealing you from the union 
and I will give you a way out. See, normies, NPCs understand power reprisal. Normies understand power protection, power reprisal. So in order for them to abandon their current institution, they have to be able to know that the next institution they go, because they won't go, they won't do the libertarian dream, go be a lobster on your own in the wilderness. Normies don't do that. Normies flock to institutions. Normies are, are sucked up by institutions. They're a vacuum. They, they suck into institutions. So in order to attack the union, you have to say, I as governor am making a mandate that any teacher who uh, leaves a union can, we're making a, a, an executive order that you passed up for, and you bust the unions. You go hard off the unions and you ensure the teacher's protection. Then they're like, yeah, you know, I don't like Matt Bevan, but you know, and you allow them to save face and come under your protection while attacking the clowns and attacking the institution. He made the fatal flaw. He went after the, after the NPCs, after the normies. And it's just like, dude, you, you, you messed up. You attacked, you attacked the drones, you attacked the droids. And every time you shoot one drone, 10 more pop up, you know, because they're masters of mimetic warfare. I'm like, see, he's hurting our teachers. DPG, it sounds like what you're saying is that many men make big strategic mistakes. This is particularly bad when you only have one shot. It's like that old saying, if you aim at the king, you better not miss. Attacking king without sufficient resources gets you terminated or the NPC blows your cover. Yeah. Don't correct a fool in his folly. Proverbs. So, so this is exactly it, chaps. You know, I was having a, a, a chat uh, with a mate last night and, and he was just telling you know, things are just crushing. He's, he's absolutely crushing his domain. And, uh, you know, especially for the guys in governance and, and guys in economy. I want to make a very clever thing here because you, you've hit it on the head there, DBG, of strategic tactical operations. So we spoke a bit yesterday about in a guerrilla organization, there's media, mimetic warfare, and then there's operations, targets, hard boots on the ground warfare, right? Ministry and media, these two domains are primarily narrative, propaganda, PR, uh, vision. It's the it's the the visible side of an organization. Economy and governance are the executive operational side, right? And these are the guys actually on the on the ground. Yes, we get hits. Yes, we get opposition. Yes, we get challenge. But these are the guys who are who are in, you know, are in the trenches doing the stuff with, with unsafe NPCs, with clowns, or, you know, they're, they're behind enemy lines. And so I just want to encourage you guys. I was, I was chatting to, to a mate last night and he was just saying he's crushing, you know, he's been helping with some, some media projects here and there. And it's like, the question is, you know, how do we navigate this thing of like, is it okay to remain anonymous? Is it okay to gray man? And it's like, in governance and economy, yes, be the gray man. Be the guy who just goes and absolutely tactically destroys behind enemy lines. Don't blow your cover to NPCs. Don't blow your cover to clowns. Once you have institutional power, it's, it's that thing of like, once you come at the king, you better not miss. So it's like, yes, I have the power to now do this. I have the power to now start weaponizing my institution. But for a lot of guys, we haven't yet got the institutional power to, to like you say, of like, to you haven't got the sufficient resources to continue a, a full scale coming out. So of course, 
play the the sub subterfuge game play them at their own game be uh you know use your your authority use your resources that you're crushing at uh, and let these guys take the flak let the media guys take the flak let the the uh, ministry guys take the flak and let them be a rallying point let them be the visible point of of networking and all this kind of stuff the the biggest problem we have and this is where i really feel strong about this is the government government guys and the economy guys my biggest encouragement to you is to is to have compassion on the npcs love them you know obviously put up boundaries you you we don't we know you don't have to be best friends with them it's like but just realize that they're drones they're droids they are slaves of the institutional culture they are slaves of the clowns in high places and to focus all of our energy on unseating clowns or on pushing clowns out or on uh, damage controlling clowns. Because in every organization, in every church, every business, there will, you know, in every organization, there will be a gamma, a clown, a secret king who wants to subvert the institution and then start programming the NPCs to, to away from God, away from natural grace, away uh, from, from wholesomeness and king energy. And so us as kings, it's like, I also want to gain honor. I also want to gain status so that I can start. And because here's what a lot of us against this libertarian psyop. We're like, well, he's an individual. He has reason. And it's like, guys, you need to start realizing that you, us as kings are such a minority to the people around us. 90% of the people around us, 80% of the people around us are naked and afraid. They're, they're hiding in their, their, their organizational power uh, that is over them. And they, they don't know what, like, well, at least they're giving me a vision. It's like political correctness. Well, at least I know what to say. At least I know what to do. They, they don't like it, but it's safe, right? You cut them loose into the libertarian wilderness, they will die. So they'd rather die of Stockholm syndrome. So, and this is where we see, this is why I say we have to have compassion on the normies. They suffer from Stockholm syndrome, right? The, the clowns are abusing them, exploiting them enslaving them and it's like we love you clowns we hate you kings dissidents you know like how dare you disturb our friendship and it's like no he's abusing you and i'm gonna i'm gonna take i'm gonna become strong men the clowns fear fascism they fear patriarchy they fear strong men why because strong men aren't afraid to be a tribal chief to be a warlord to be a man who says no this is what we're gonna do this hey all these guys come together this is what we're gonna do Whereas the libertarians are like, yeah, man, you do what you want, man. And they're not afraid of libertarians. That's why they love libertarians. Libertarians are the biggest psyop against the West because 90% of libertarians, white Christian boys. It's like, come on. Alrighty, where am I? Yeah, so DBG, that was a really good uh, point there. So it sounds like what you're saying is that many men make big strategic mistakes. That is particularly bad when you only have one shot. And so that's these guys here who are in operations, right? Especially economy, especially government. Perfectly fine. Carry on crushing. These guys, you're almost in ministry. You're almost not going to make it in uh, media if you don't come out hard, if you don't make a stand, if you don't um, give people a flag to rally around. You know, so many pastors are like, well, I'm just going to be on the down low. I'm just going to be a secret Christian. It's like, no, you're a freaking pastor. You need to stand on the word of God because otherwise men don't have anything to rally to. Same with the media guys. You know, I'm just going to be a secret teacher, Christian. I'm just going to be a secret Christian celebrity. I'm just going to be a secret Christian uh, sportsman or coach. I'm just going to be a secret. And it's like, chaps, 
the whole point of, of media is the normalized behavior, is the normalization of culture, is the normalization of vision. And so it's this whole thing of like, you have to be a paragon of the, 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 the mission of Christendom in, these, in this realm. As a flag, you have to plant a flag that these men can see, can rally towards. You know, it's that whole thing of like, they can come and camp here and, and all right, we're going to go again, targets, we're going to go behind enemy lines, take, take institutions. So it, it goes both ways. These guys don't blow it by being unwise. You can, you can, you can embed in the institutions you are until you reach the top, until you feel like, yeah, we've got enough networked power. We've got enough authority. We think we can go, we can go hard. It's okay to be behind enemy lines, but here the media and the ministry guys, you have to, you have to raise a banner. You have to raise a standard and say, this is the hill we die on because otherwise guys won't see you and you'll remain the whole point of your domain that God has given you to crush in is to publicly start crushing in your domain. DVG, real international spies hmm, are not James Bonds. They are janitors, salesmen, bus drivers, small business owners, etc. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not, it's not the meme. You know, if you, if you want, it's not the guy you expect, you know, like George Soros is, you know, they're ascendant. So he's come out now. But for years, you know, same with Bill Gates, same with with um, all these guys who have got huge money and have been running clandestine operations. You know, you can get so this is what, what I really wanted to 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 chat on today is how to institutionalize your operations. So we don't want to act as individuals. That's the other mistake that Bevan made, the, the governor of Kentucky. He acted as as an, an individual governor. Matt Bevan is the jerk. Matt Bevan said this. Matt Bevan, I, 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 I. And this is where people don't understand the royal proclamations or, or come out is we, because you're speaking on behalf of the family. You're speaking on The moment you individualize yourself and remove yourself from your own covering of your institution, you open yourself up for all the, the NPCs that you're trying to influence and control to be like, he's not an institution. He's a person. Run back to the old institution. You know, and it's like, no, 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 stay in the power of institutions. So, so how do we institutionalize our operations, whether you're in ministry, in media, in economy, in governance? We've got to start thinking in institutionalized form, manner, a we. You, you don't operate alone anymore. Libertarian thinking has got to die. Libertarian thinking has got to go into the pit of hell right alongside feminism. It's the equal but opposite feminism for women took ladies out of their natural God-given nature. Libertarian for men. N libertarianism for men took the masculine out of its God-given nature. Made us passive. Made us individualistic. No, we're patriarchs. We're chieftains of our little, you know, our little family unit. We're a patriarch. The family unit is the smallest unit. Not, not man. No, no, like a man doesn't exist until he's married and has children. You know, it's like, I, I can, I can feel the, the meaninglessness of, of not having children. It's like, you have no weight of civilizational forward, but there's a lot less weight to, to a man's voice, to a man's investment, to a man's sacrifice when children are not involved, when marriage is not involved, you know? So of course you can have legends who are just single monk out somewhere doing stuff. Of course, but the natural grace is that the smallest unit of civilization 
is the patriarch, the husband and father. And so libertarianism destroys that and makes little, makes little boys who run away into the forest. So how do we institutionalize our thinking? We have to think as we. And who is the we? It's the people that I am the chief of. It's the people that I am the captain of. We have to have this, you know, even arriving, you know, walk back into your home today and be like, I am the captain of this home. You know, go into your job, into your business. I am the captain of this work. You know, go, whatever your authority is over, it's like, I am the captain here. It'll change your life. It'll change the way you, you run your life. Like, I am the captain. Yeah. You know, and then again, it's like, oh, he's got you arrogant bastard. God is the captain. Jesus is the king of kings. He is the captain of captains. He's not the captain of little libertarian boys waiting on God to come back and save them. Waiting on Jesus to come and rapture them. So be the, be the captain. That's the, the, the start of things here. So a captain is an institution, right? We, we, our family is an institution. Our business is an institution. It's no longer just Scott Tungay resellers, you know, and it's like, no, no, have a name uh, incorporated or, 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 you know, whatever you want to do. But it's like, you've got to get away from individual. You've got to get away from, well, it's just me because that's how we die. We die alone in the wilderness. But the moment we start incorporating, the moment we start associating, the moment we start networking, the moment we start do it unionizing. So I was just thinking here, like all the different things that are a we, a royal we compared to an individualism, a church, right? Because you can, you know, first green church. So a church has a name and now the eldership that runs that church are absolved from the church's stance. So now when you speak, you speak from the institution of the church, right? So a lot of guys, they don't understand the power of a of making a news proclamations, making policy, making opinion pieces at front name of a church. People don't know that your church is only 30 people, 10 people. They're like, oh, a church came out with a, st a statement, a new statement. Oh, a church came out with a statement on the local project, on the local Oh, a church came, it's like, just hammer. Our institution says this. Our institution says that. It's incredibly powerful. It's all the leftists ever do. They're like, some, some news organization just said this. And it's like, it's two dudes in a basement in Tel Aviv. Like, like come on, chaps. You ha we have to have their, their tactics and be like, yeah, that's a good technology. I'm copying it. Same thing again with, with NGOs, right? With charities. Same thing. It's like, make a charity, make an NGO. You can pump your, and it can be like, save the trees NGO, you know, some random little NGO. And you know what they do with those random NGOs? They pump million migrants a year over the sea with tax money. You know, they pump uh, tons of money into African dictators, uh, war chests through charities. It's like, Oh, it's just, we're sending rice to Africa. It's like, no, you're funding a warlord. You know, it's like the stuff you can get away with. When you institutionalize, huge, through the roof. Other things here are uh, publishers, editors, and board-run organizations. You know, so again, it's like, well, CNN said this. Well, New York Times said this. And it's like, it's incredibly powerful. I don't know that no one reads the New York Times anymore. No one read like, 
it's an insignificant, crappy little, like there are dudes with blogs that have more reach, more influence than the New York Times. But because they're blogging under their name, they have no institutional gravitas with the normies. This is what we've got to grasp. Institutional gravitas is how you capture normies from another institution. A man cannot capture a normie from another institution. An institution can only vacuum them up. They need institutional protection. The only time a man can do that is when the man is in the institution of kingship. So like the Donald, he's the actual president, right? And so all the normies come to him for protection. Does he protect them? No, he failed remarkably. And now everyone's just headless chickens again, hoovered up by the next. And this is where, you know, you've, we've got to understand this of our fixation on being an individualist. It dis, it's a disservice to our mission. It's a an association of podcasters. You could be like two or three dudes who meet for a, a, a pint of beer down at Make a little random name for your podcast association. And now you can issue news statements. Now you can send official letters uh, asking for policy and, and doing all this stuff. Oh, this media house just on, it's like, it's three dudes at a pub. Guilds, unions, special interest groups, advocacy, legal, legal advocacy groups, right? There's so many institutional things that are like, man, like the ADL and the SPLC, whatever they are. It's like, it's the most absurd thing when you look into it. Like, who are the people crafting news cycles? Who are the people doxing people? Who are the people uh, sending threatening legal letters? Who are the people intimidating the normies? You know, it's these institutions and it works. So it's like, instead of doing clown terror, we want to do king wholesomeness. We want to in weaponize institutions for our mission of wholesome king energy dominion over the earth. All right, let's read some comments. W Laser, welcome brother. Grunont, completely off subject. What do you make of this UFO focus at the moment? Man, I think old DVG made a, a phenomenal um, comment the other day where he was saying, extraterrestrial beings would not be from the line of Adam and only Adam has the line of sin. And so if there were to be a extraterrestrial creation, they would have no sin nature because only Adam has a sin, had a sin nature. Very, a very cool concept to think of. So I just, man, my whole thing with the, the UFO thing in the news, I think they're just trying to demoralize and pump uh, confusion and just every different news cycle and whatnot. So I couldn't care less. Um, as far as, you know, I was really freaked out with UFO stories when I was a kid. Like it really got me because it's an, it's an uncontrollable terror. And what helped me a lot was realizing like, no, this is demonic. Like a lot of people are just describing demonic manifestations or, or whatever. And it's like, man, blood of Jesus. I'm not afraid. Couldn't care less. And I just think it's a it's a bunch of disinformation that's trying to get people uh, either to discredit institutions or to create um, anxiety and, and hopelessness and and noise for the NPCs. And then DVG, yeah, talking again about this the the money men and the governance men being gray men. You know, that's exactly it. It's it's this thing of getting our guys in and not you know because a lot of guys we feel the pressure of signaling, of signaling to the the flag holder signaling to the media guy or the mission guy, like, Hey, I'm your guy. Do that in private. Don't worry about 
popping a, a, a red smoke and being like, here I am. And then you're behind enemy lines and now you get doxxed. Now you get fired. You lose what influence you did have. There's no shame in being a man behind enemy lines. In fact, it's very courageous. Try to post uh, another YouTube video about the lives of the super rich, but discreet Germans. It's a great example of how men in governance and market can be effective. Yeah, that's a great thing. You know, when you look at, when you look at all these movements who have changed culture, changed institutions, it's all men who operate highly in the governance sphere, highly in the economic sphere. And they are, they are relying on these guys to push a window and push a narrative, but they're doing stuff. They're actually executing. They're actually doing stuff uh, with their authority in behind enemy lines and secret places. W laser. I think the institutional gravitas is related to optics. It packages the message in a more palatable or believable way for normal people. Exactly that. It's it's a institutions. No one cares about optics. If the king of an institution or the clown of an institution says that something is cool, it becomes immediately cool, right? Trance freaking dragon man ladies in a library reading to three-year-olds. That the optics on that are you would have been you would have been hung on a on a post 20 years ago in every little town. You would have been hung on a post. But now because the clowns in charge are like, that's cool. That is great. Now all the NPCs are like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. So optics, optics only care if you have, optics only matter if you don't have institutional power. You can do whatever the heck you want if you have institutional power. You can, you know, Biden can come to work naked and they'll be like, oh, stunning. Stunning and brave. Likewise, Melania can be the most classy, beautiful first lady that's ever walked uh, the high fashion streets and they'll write hit pieces on her about how garbage she is and how bad she looks and how bad their marriage is. It's like optic. No one cares about optics. The only thing that, that, that needs optics are these two guys, the gray men, the guys in governments, the guys in the economy. And what they need to do is learn what optics will get me more honor. What optics will get me more authority? What honor will get me more power? It's a power game. And so that's what we've got to look at, you know. But but these guys, the 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 pastor and the media man who who always like, oh, optics, guys, optics, they end up looking just like the 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 world when they're supposed to be a, a beacon of something different. So you get the pastor who's like, yeah, man, you know, just just look like the world. Like my daughter's on 20 antidepressants and sleeping with 20 guys, and I'm shipping her off to university. And uh, I'm in debt and I'm obese and, you know, just add every single NPC clown slavery thing because he's petrified of looking different from the culture. And so, so for, for him, it's like, guys, optics is how can I put a positive vision? That's optics for us. Positive vision. And obviously be tactful, be wise, be, but it's this, it's project power. That's it. He, this is what optics is all about. Project power. You know what a drag queen really is? It's projecting you have no power. I'm going to put a freaking anomaly aberration in front of your little three-year-old children and you can't do anything about it. It's a show of power. It's a show of power. And likewise, for a pastor to stand up and be like, I'm not closing my church and he gets arrested, show of power. Absolute show of power. Because he's being a Chad and he's not cucking, he's not folding, he's not outraging, he's just like, I'm doing what I need to do. Boom, 
a huge flag goes up, everyone rallies, and it's like, that was power, that was power optics, that was power play. Krunont, Hegelian dialectic, common idea of moving things forward by getting opposing forces battling each other. One way I think Donald was such, was such an abnormality that I don't think they could control it, and it kind of became its own meme. And then on the other, on the other side, you're like, yeah, it's, I can see how this is all a psyop. This is all an acceleration of putting putting a false because that's what Huey Long wanted to do in the 30s. Clever man, very clever man. Uh, FDR, Franklin Delano had just been elected president, so he was in his first term. Huey Long was also a Democrat, same party, so he couldn't run against FDR because he would split the party. And then he would be known as the guy who lost uh, power for the party, and then he wouldn't get his shot in the next election. So his whole plan was to run a sock, <laughs> was to run another guy against, uh, as a third party Democrat, get FDR to lose. He comes in, um, no, so he would get, he would, they would both lose. The Republican would come in who would be an absolute just dog show because they would oppose him at every angle. Then he would run. Then Huey Long would run against the, the crapshoot that was this guy. So like just all this 5D chess that's going along. And it's like, yeah, could totally be, um, you know, something like that. DVG, media men and pastors who try to care about optics are those secret. They are normies themselves. They are normie pastors. So they're not a clown because they're controlled by the clowns. And they're definitely not a king. You know, so you can see, it's, it's such a great distinction. Are clowns, because they all go hard. A lot of these pastors are clowns and they are going hard at institutional power. They know how to use their institutions. They know how to control the normies. They have no shame pushing the normies into just crazy anti-God crap. Then you get the NPC pastors who are just useless and they just look like whoever's the dominant clown or king. And then you get the king pastors who are getting arrested for opening the churches and who are, are just crushing and who are going against culture, who are are providing a positive vision. Like they, they're kings. DVG, uh, I... It was his goal. Trump failed at the Hegelian dialectic dialect because the Dem party became completely united and started to pick off moderate Dems. And this was the, the huge issue, again, was this failure of institutional. You would think a guy like Donald who built huge institutions. His business is a huge institution. His media house is a huge institution. He has intimate knowledge of the New York political institutional system. You would think that him getting into power would be the start of a huge institutional war. And instead it was like, all right, boys, I'm in charge now. I'm just going to talk and everything is going to be, I mean, obviously tons of stuff happened, but the most crucial thing, the media as an institute, as a domain was never broken. And like you had to go hard at the media as a domain and the government, the bureaucracy as a domain was never broken. Academia as a domain, was, was never broken. And so uh, a banking, the Fed, as a domain, was never broken. CIA, as a domain, the, the intelligence community, was never broken. So you had this block of like five or six huge institutional battleships that were never broken. And not only never broken, the, you know, because here's the power that, that a talking head can have. He can say, my enemies are this institution, this institution. And he did, you know, the lying media, the lying news. And he, he went hard, but he never did. He, so he talked. There was never any, there was never any ground war. There was never any capture. There was never any copy. There was never any actual institutional 
warfare that happened. And that's why exactly like you say, DBD, all these institutions rose up to defend their existence because they knew it was it was either he goes or we go forever. And, and they they won the institutional war. Yeah, the Dem Party became completely united and started to pick off moderate Dems and moderate Republicans. They're all united behind the most liberal progressive Dems. Yeah, because they memed Trump into the most far right. You know, it's that again, who controls, who controls the institutional middle ground, the culture. And it's the media houses, it's the academies, it's the uh, the banks, the 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 bureau, the bureau, the bureaus. They basically say, if you even wear a red hat. If you even raise an American flag, we're going to punish you. We're going to punish you with all the institutional might that we have. And so everyone just goes, okay. And they drift to the center, right? The center is always drifting towards who has the most institutional power. Grunant, uh, it only showed the US is a one party state. Yep. It, it's a one. Here's what you have to understand. You know, you get in South Africa, democracy and corporatism lend to an oligarchical power elite, you know. So so we don't have a one party state. We have a one elite state. And so the elites use the institutions. And one of those institutions happens to be democratic government. You know, it, it's it's once you see it of wealth and media, uh, economy and media have captured governance as a domain. Uh, DBG, you see more fracturing in Hegelian dialect now as Dems battle themselves over Israel and Palestine. Man, and, and you know, that's just a great, it's just such a great uh, thing to watch, you know, because I haven't got a dog in either fight. I used to be a huge Shapiro, IDF super fan uh, until, you know, thank God I got freed from that whole trap. But it's like, I think a lot of guys are the either or. Like, it's either total... IDF super Shapiro superman or like free Palestine, you know, uh, just full, full crazy that way. And I was like, I haven't got a dog in the fight either way. I, uh, you know, I actually believe in diversity. I believe that diversity could be their biggest strength. I believe there should be a multicultural Palestinian Israeli union, the United Palestinian Israeli States, you know, it can work. It worked. It works for America. Why isn't it working there? Uh, diversity can be their strength. Just let the whole world immigrate there and they'll make it even better. You know, it'll be amazing. That's my, that's about the sum of my current thing there, but it's great to see all the conservatives just lose their minds because they don't understand this, this either or frame they're being put in. DBG, I think Trump was very good at running a family corporation, which is what his empire is. He was not good at wielding public institutional power. Here's the thing with a, with running a family institution there is there is crazy loyalty there is crazy trust there's crazy in group the moment you you go into an institutional war that is bigger that is you know bureau scale you now encounter the common zeitgeist that's why i say you had you have to break the media and the ac academies first because they're the ones who keep pushing this thing of equality inclusiveness, diversity, Nazism, white supremacy, you know, all this crap that prevents the running a bureaucracy like a family. And that is, patri that is patriarchy. Patriotism is running bureaucracy like a family. 
It's running your town. Like I know who all my neighbors are. We're intermarried. We are invested in each other's economy. Like patriotism means I favor these people and we run this thing like a clan, like a tribe. You can't do that on a bureau level unless you have the media and academia framing that, yes, this is good. Yes, normies, you can allow this. Yes, normies, you can celebrate this. W. Laser, isn't being a fit, handsome, well-groomed Christian practicing uh, practicing good optics? Wouldn't a lukewarm, watered-down pastoral priest be a wolf in sheep's clothes and not good optics? Yeah, to us. To us, it's good optics. To our guys, it's good optics. To our, to our guys being fit, being well-dressed, being a, a, a immaculate vision of a man is, is good optics to our guys. It is terrifying optics to academia clowns, media clowns, because uh, they see you and they're like, this man's a threat. This man believes in hierarchy. This man believes he's not equal because he's not. And so it's bad optics. So the, the fat pastor, the weak pastor, he's no threat to the clowns. And so they like him. They let him have a little drink at the fountain. They, 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 they humor him because he's no threat to their optics. Their optics are dysgenics. The clown's optics are ugliness, chaos, disorder, rebellion from God's natural grace. You know, that's their optics. DVG, uh, I think what Scott is saying is that media men and priests shouldn't care about optics other than power. Yeah, that's it. It's all about power. And this is where the Christian Knights guys start. I'm like, power, power is evil. Power is bad. You're a statist. I'm a libertarian Christian. Run away to my forest. And it's like, guys, power is what we were made for. You know, Christ, the king. You know, you look at Abraham, a man who wielded power. You look at David, you look at, at um, Joseph. You know, these men are just power brokers, power wielders. Father, you look at being a husband, power power and not from the you know because here's where all the feminists just start freaking out it's like oh power like you just want to abuse and it's like no power you know electricity they're just like you just want to use electricity to shock everyone and it's like no electricity runs your whole world electricity runs your house it runs your aircon it runs your hot water heater it runs your stove it runs electricity power runs things yes you can shock and kill someone. Yes, it can burn down a house. Yes, two lines can arc and cause a bushfire. No one cares because everyone likes when power is used to the glory of God. DVG, they should just accept and promote themselves as lightning rods and rallying points. Exactly. Man, that's it. You know, yesterday's stream, I, I said to the guys, like, we shouldn't have this defeatist, a hill to die on. Like, I'm not going to go die on a hill. We're all going to make it. But these guys... Pastors and, and uh, media and ministry guys, yeah, go be a martyr. Go be a martyr on a hill. And then men can be like, yes, it, it, that's it, you know. Whereas it's, it's useless martyring yourself in economy and in governance. No one cares. The, the institution just carries on. Red Sneakers, welcome, brother. The mainline pastors in my area have two primary interests. LGBTQI, advocacy, and refugees resettlement. Not in their own homes, of course. 
it's purely political, but they definitely know how to engage and manipulate institutions. Yeah, they're masters. And instead of being angry and oh, complain, complain, hypocrisy, hypocrisy, point, 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 it's like, can I copy your homework? Because that is some good stuff. DVD, that's interesting. Uh, when you become a federal employee, the oath to the United States is actually to its form of government. So in a way, the uniparty is democracy itself, a failed system. Yeah, until people can consider other forms of government, all institutions will protect it when it is threatened. You know, that's the problem with bureaucracy. It, it looks out first for itself. It has to survive first for itself. It's the same with church, right? A lot of church churches go, form bureaucracy. They, they, you know, we chatted on, on uh, Twitter a while back, I'm sure a few guys of a church starts out lean. It starts out missional. It starts out going hard after targets and then the camp grows, right? And when the camp grows, you get the, the women and children, they like the camp. They don't go out to take targets. They like camp life. The effeminate men, the soy boys, they like camp life. They don't like to go out and fight. And it's like, oh. But if you go out and fight, that means other people are going to come and want to fight us. No more fighting. And so camp life grows to be this bureaucratic, effeminate, where all the guys who can't make it in, in economy or they can't make it in governance, they come here, you know, or the guys who, who are just, they're like, okay, here I can get power because I understand camp life. I'm very good at navigating camp life. And so the so they the first things first is protecting my job, protecting my income. Same with these bureaucracies in in governance. You know, same with school unions, uh, teachers unions, and and trade unions and things like that. It's like first look out for your job, your income. Then you can advocate for the teacher. Then you can do the gospel. Then you can do your job. But first comes my paycheck. Jacob, dude, I was just thinking this. Jacob was good at camp life. It even says that. It says Esau was a man who went out and went out and did stuff. And Jacob was good at camp life. He was a bloody liar, bloody deceiver, because that's how you do camp life. You lie and you deceive and you play guys off and you, 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 you know. And he literally had to have an encounter with God and God had to freaking dislocate his hip, change his name and be like, you're not going to be a gamma anymore. You're not going to be a soy boy anymore. You're going to go out and be a king. You're going to be a prince. I'm changing your name to prince because you, you, you cannot remain this man and do the things which I require of you to do, which is go outside of the camp and go and take institutions. God had to force Jacob to become an Esau in order to become Israel. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he, he has that repentance, you know, he, he's coming back uh, to Esau and he sends, you know, a crap ton of, of livestock ahead as a gift. Cause he's like, I know my brother is pretty angry at me and he's probably going to kill me. And I, I've, I understand now what I did. I understand my deception. I understand my weakness. Jacob then Israel. Yeah, exactly. Speak out in truth. Ministry and media must absolutely speak out in truth. Government and economy must absolutely play to power. There are drones everywhere. Don't fight the drones. Fight the control center. Fight the institution. Fight the clowns that are in control of the institution. Never fight the normie. The normie is a scared little drone 
who's going to do whatever the more powerful person wants them to do. Put yourself as the more powerful person. Frame yourself as the more powerful person. Frame yourself as protecting their interests. Frame your frame the clown as as being an abuser of them, and and be like, come to me, my little drones. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome is the operating system for NPCs. Once you realize who the clowns and the kings are around you, you can you can have a lot of sympathy for the NPC. You can have a lot of sympathy for them instead of being angry at them. Instead of you know, targeting them and taking them out. You just avoid them. You just you just live your life without them, understanding that the real power players are the institution and who controls them. So I think that's been a good a good rant today, boys. I appreciate all you chaps jumping in the uh in the chat. It's always wonderful to have all of your sage participation, as it were. <laughs>